Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am your host and your friend, Chuck Peters. I'm so glad to have you today. Guys, we are getting ready for the return to church for fall. Now, many ministries have already started and you may have been doing ministry through the spring and into the summer. You may have had a great VBS. But as we look ahead towards fall and the restart of kids going back to school, which is right upon us even now, and we evaluate our ministries, we really need to be prepared. We need to be prepared with our spaces and our places. We need to be prepared with our curriculum resources. We need to have a teaching plan in place. We need to be prepared with preparing our volunteers uh, so they can be ready to teach and partner with us. But there's a little bit, there's another aspect of preparation that could very easily uh, slip past us if we're not careful. And that is a lot of the kids and maybe every kid, uh, along with every adult, has been directly impacted in one way or another by the, the COVID crisis that we have lived through. And so as kids come back to us, they're dealing with some mental and emotional concerns that we and behavioral concerns that we may need to be very, very aware of as we walk back into an in-person kids ministry setting. And so we want to talk today about how we can prepare uh, some, some ways that we can uh, give extra care uh, to kids as they return to church. And so as we have this conversation, uh, I am joined today by my really good friend and partner in business and ministry, Landry Holmes, who leads publishing for Life with Kids. Hi, Landry. Hey, Chuck. I'm so glad how you're are... here today. How have you well, been? thank you. You know what? I've been I've been doing well. I've, you have I've now. You it. have you've got some some young grandkids, and you have. Do. It seems you have more each time I talk with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have five. That and the <laughs> the youngest one is about nine months old. So um, I, surely we talked since then. And we my, have. We have. Yeah, my two oldest are four, and I have two in between. So. And so you have you have two sons and two daughters-in-law who are uh, who are bringing you these wonderful gifts of grandkids. Yes, it is wonderful. We love it. And I've always heard, you know, you spoil the grandkids and then send them home. And that is so true and so much fun. <laughs> And it's fun to watch you. So we, I'm in a phase where my one of my daughters is now married, but we're pre-grandkids and not in a hurry, but, you know, when the time comes. But it's been so fun to watch you and see you, uh, having known you before you had any grandchildren, and now to see, uh, see how you have uh, done such a great job of being – is it granddaddy that they call you? Yes, yes. Granddaddy. So one of the questions that I have is how, what are we, you know, my kids always joke, what are they going to call us? My wife and I once were grandparents. How did you come up with granddaddy? I came up with granddaddy because my dad and my wife's dad was, they were both granddaddy for, for our two boys. And I liked it. I'm a traditionalist in many ways. In fact, because they were both granddaddy, there was granddaddy Holmes and granddaddy Lawrence. And so they, they had to learn big names. So I just, I just liked the, that. Uh, and then Janetta picked her own name. Um, my wife picked Grams. She wanted something Grams. a little less Grams. She wants something a little more, uh, less formal. And, uh, you know, and we went through the period with the first two, the first two grandchildren are two weeks apart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, we went through them calling us different things, and we were so thrilled 
that it didn't matter really just what they ended up calling us. Uh, they did end up calling us the names that we had chosen, but uh, for a while, you know, Janetta was Mams instead of Grams, and I was Yeah Yeah. I don't know how you get Yeah Yeah out of Granddaddy, but that's what I was for, and didn't bother me a bit. <laughs> well, I think Granddaddy suits you well. I like it. Thanks. It's good. And I love that there's a family heritage there. So I'll have to put that into consideration as I look forward to, you know, many years from now when I when I need to make that call. <laughs> I, I also understand that it's often made for you. So you yes. you maybe had the privilege of influencing that, but you could have easily wound up as what was it, Yaya? <laughs> yes. Very easily. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Landry, we appreciate you being here today. We um, we want to talk about this return to church, and I know that's something that is pressing on a lot of us. Uh, and it feels uh, like to me, like maybe some church leaders have not yet really come to grips with everything that it means to be back together. Uh, you know, we we in kids ministry tend to um, focus on the next big thing that's in front of us. And so for uh, in this season, you know, it's you, you move from Christmas to Easter, and then when Easter comes. You got to get through that before you think about VBS. And and now we have churches who are doing or just having finished VBS. And the next step is to think about fall. And so that's happening right now. So as we get ready for fall, do you give us just a little bit of advice for those churches who are who maybe have not yet started thinking about it. We have a new uh, a new campaign uh, language that we're encouraging our churches with. That's ready, reset, go. If you haven't seen it yet, listeners, there's a web page we have up. It's kidsministry.lifeway.com slash ready, reset, go. And there we have some ebooks you can download and uh, an outline for an event that you can use as a fall festival to help you kick off. But Landry, what else do we need to be thinking about as we get ready to regather for fall? Well, Chuck, I, I think that, you know, we're pretty good at thinking, okay, I've got to figure out my curriculum. I've, and of course, we're always faced, even pre-COVID, where we were faced with having enough volunteers. Yes. And that's that's even accentuated even more now with, with COVID. Uh for various reasons, uh, churches are, uh, most churches I talk to are struggling with finding enough volunteers. But what I want to, to us to also remember uh, are about the children and the kids, the preschoolers, the elementary kids, the preteens, as they come back. Um, and some of them have been back a while, but I think we have yet to see in fact, I know that, by the way, the disclaimer is I'm not a licensed counselor. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I just, Ed, like many of you, I am an untrained observer of human behavior. So yes. some of the things that I've either observed personally uh, in my family or in the kids at my church or have talked to others about kids at their church or about their own children are just sense. And and one of there's three things really that I'm thinking that we've got to make sure that we're aware of as kids come back so that we don't react as much as maybe we are ready and respond. And that mm, is to be ready for good. children to, to be anxious, to be angry, and to be antisocial. So, you know, for for instance, there's we already knew that before COVID, before the global pandemic, we knew from research that even preschoolers dealt with anxiety. And we're not talking about the normal transition anxiety when 
mama or daddy or whoever leaves you at church and and uh, you know for an hour or two we're talking about real anxiety and school age children especially elementary kids and preteens um, and then of course teenagers I don't I don't think it's just because we talk about it more. I think that there is more anxiety in our society mm-hmm. and um, it's all around us. Let's think about what can contribute to anxiety right now. We have kids who've lost loved ones due to mm-hmm. illness that they didn't understand. We have kids who are anxious because they're having to do schoolwork. Many of them have been doing it online. Some have been doing it in person, but it's not the same as before covid and now kids are hearing, our parents are hearing, that uh, they may be wearing masks again when they go back to school. Uh, and there's, you know, we may be doing some online learning again. And some kids just are not equipped to do online learning. They're just not wired that way. Um, also, we've got parents that are out of work. And so you've got kids that their lifestyles have had to change. You know, maybe... They haven't been able to go out to eat or or get all the music that they want or be able to do all the things that they want to do because uh, the budgets are tight, too. Yeah. And, and and then there's the whole anxiousness that comes with just being alone a lot mm-hmm. or just, you know, kids need other kids. I mean, we all do. We're built for a relationship. You know, God created us for relationships. And and so we're all suffering with this anxiety. So as kids come back to church, know that they're, they may be anxious about things you had never thought about them being anxious about. And then as we know that kids who are anxious act out that anxiety and comes out in different ways. And so one thing we can do is try to offer as much stability, mm-hmm. as much routine, as much calmness as we can. And as much normality as we can. Yes. And so, yeah, one of know. the things that causes kids to be so anxious, I believe, and again, I'm I'm not a counselor either. With you, we're we're both just uh, just unschooled ordinary guys who are making observations from our experience. But unpredictable things really cause anxiety in children when when mm-hmm. uh, when they're expecting one thing and things go a different direction. So like when they start school and then they're pulled out or when they don't have to wear masks and then they do have to wear masks. Uh, and they're aware of a lot of things that that we may not uh, acknowledge that they're that they understand. Um, I had a conversation with my uh, now 13 year old. He's my youngest son uh, about, you know, what what are you hearing about the vaccines and about masks and about school and about whatever else. And it was interesting to hear his take on some of those things. And he had thoughts about that that I had no idea that he had been thinking. So kids are aware. They hear the news that's on the radio in the car and they hear the conversations we have in our homes. And uh, and some of those things can make them nervous and uncomfortable. So yeah, if we can provide some stability, some predictability with what to expect when you come to church, that this is a safe place and it's uh, it's a place where you can trust it to be what you expect it to be. Those are all great ways that we can help calm anxiety. Yes, and and have lots of hand sanitizer around. That, that too, yes. <laughs> that that can help them as well. There's another. I also mentioned uh, another thing is is I think that children are angry. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing more anger 
you can might want to say angst, but I, I feel like that there's actual anger that children are dealing with. They can't play, or they may be able to now for, for a while. They couldn't play team sports. Mm-hmm. They couldn't go to parties. They couldn't be with friends. They couldn't go on vacation. They couldn't eat at their favorite restaurant. And 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 that has you know subsided. And uh, I have noticed, um, it seemed like at least at my church, that this summer, as soon as school was out, um, we had vacation off school. But as soon as that was over, everybody was gone on vacation because they did. They were making up for not having vacation last yes. year. And we've had a lot of vacation going on. But I, I think that, you know, it's children don't always, can't, well, adults can't either, always process the anxiety. And I think sometimes it becomes anger, uh, expresses itself in anger because I can't do what I've used to do. I can't do what I want to do. Um, or maybe they're just angry and they don't know why, but it's just, there's just this, this anger. Um, well, and there's often that underlying anger in children that they don't have the the capacity to verbalize. They they can't they they don't get to process through it by talking through their feelings, and that anger just gets bottled up inside, and it can explode out in unpredictable behavior that we're not ready for. And and that's a good point, Chuck. Is that we need to try to be prepared and realize that when children lash out in anger. It could be more deep seated in mm-hmm. that is related to what's been going on in our society with the pandemic. And this, you know, it's just symptomatic of that. And so rather than taking it personally and thinking, well, they're angry at me, they're angry at the fact that I told them they couldn't do this or they had to do this or they needed to do this, that may not be the source of their anger at all. Mm-hmm. It just may mean that's a catalyst of what caused the behavior from anger to come out. But, you know, what we can do there is to control our own anger, not react, to love them as best as we can. And with love comes discipline. I realize that because loving teachers are teachers who use positive guidance and discipline. But not react to that anger. Realize there is a reason this child is angry and my job is to express the love of Jesus to them. I mean, Jesus got angry too. We know that. That's right. He, he did not sin, but we know that he became indignant. We know that he became angry at times, but he never sinned. And of course, we want to help kids have a safe place where they can express what's making them angry. Yeah, and that Talk may to mean them, have conversations. And, and that may mean that at some point in time, we may need to diverge from our study plan that we're trying to facilitate, right? Because we have one hour of time or a brief amount of time and we want to communicate, say everything we have to say. There's a time when we need to stop and, and make make time to sit with the child and to listen to them, to ask them questions and to help them process their thoughts and to pray with them. That's yeah, that exactly. is just as valid and an extremely important part of our ministry as teaching. And so it's it's probably good for us, Landry, just to be reminded that as kids come in and they are anxious and they are angry. And we're going to talk next about your third A. I love that these are all A's, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> just for you, Chad. As they come in with these big feelings that are bottled up inside, it may not just be one kid who feels this. This could be a large number. Everybody has their own anxieties and, and anxiety. 
And so it, it could present a challenge to us if we assume that everything is business as usual. A lot of these anxieties and the anger and, and antisocial behaviors, the next one we'll get to, are maybe new uh, be, as a response to the circumstances that kids have lived through. And they don't need... They don't need simple pat answers. Mm. They need us to listen. They need us to express the love of Jesus. But they don't need us to just always to point to a scripture and say, this is this is all you got to do. Mm. We need to point to scripture and say, people in the Bible struggled with anger. People in the Bible struggled, struggled with anxiety. Here are ways that the Bible says that we can deal with that. Of course, ultimately it is, of course, to give it to the Lord. But we have to realize that that's difficult. And it's, I think what children, especially, I'm, I think especially preteens, they, they need more than just us to, to um, recite a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. They need us to point out biblical truths in a loving and caring way, and in acknowledging we are in a broken world, so we will have anxiety, we will have anger, we will have antisocial behavior because we are in a broken world. Mm-hmm. But we have hope. Well, it, and it, we've it, got to always point to the hope. Amen. Yes, absolutely. But you're, you're right. It can be very easy for us to point to a scripture and kind of brush off a big feeling with a pat answer. And that's not not an effective way to minister. The other thing that we need to be careful of, I think, is to not um, not just tell them they shouldn't feel that way. Don't be anxious. You shouldn't be angry. Don't be whatever, and and kind of negate their feelings. I think they need for us to to hear their feelings, to care for their feelings, and then to redirect them back to the truth of the gospel and how that plays out in everyday life. The truth that God is with us and he cares for us in our anxiety and he's, he understands our anger. Uh, and so that's where, you know, it can be easy for us as adults to minimize the feelings of children. And, and I think we both want to encourage our listeners uh, to instead do go the extra step, do the hard work of actually caring for those children to hear what they're feeling and meet them there. And I think it's appropriate to tell children, depending on their age and depending on what they're able to comprehend, not to go into details, but it's okay to tell children that sometimes we become anxious. Yes. Or or worried or whatever term they understand. Sometimes we get angry. And, And I think that's a natural segue to say, and when that happens... Here are some things that the Bible says that has helped me when I've yes. been anxious or when I've been worried or when I've been angry. In fact, uh, you know, I have I have a set of cards that I keep handy, uh, This, you know, it's old-fashioned way, but uh, that I wrote out some Bible verses that will help me when I need to be reminded of God's love and care. Does it erase anxiety immediately? Does it take away my anger immediately? Does that make me social immediately, but it reminds me of the hope I have in Christ. Yes. And that I'm not alone. Which brings us to that third one is being antisocial. I I, I know that I have dealt with this, uh, and I was I've talked to other adults to deal with this too. The thing is that we as adults can cover up our um we can cover up not 
the loss of social skills some. Mm-hmm. But I think that we as a society already have problems with social skills, mm-hmm. uh, especially especially on the on the road driving um, <laughs> or anywhere, you know, at the store, anywhere we've had we people just and and on social media, we've gotten meaner, I think. Yeah. But now I think we we have kids that have spent a lot of time alone at home, either alone with just their family or alone yes. at home. They've lost skills that are necessary to play nice with others. You know, I saw this uh, in our own experience at church when kids were starting to come back after they, you know, they had not been in daycare or they had not been in preschool. They hadn't been in school. They hadn't, they, they hadn't been with on play dates. They hadn't been with friends. They had been at home for months and they didn't know how to get along with each other. They didn't know how to do the basic skills that, that of life skills yes, of getting along. And they haven't, they didn't have to, you know, they were in situations where they didn't have to share their things. They didn't have to, resolve interpersonal conflicts because there were no interpersonal relationships going on other than family. Yeah. Um, and depending on the family, that could have been just them and a parent. So one of the things that we, you know, that, that I think we have to remember is that when a child comes to church and when I say child, I mean a preschooler, elementary, preteen, when they come to church, they come with their body, mm-hmm. they come with their mind, they come, uh, they come with their spirit or soul, and they come with their, uh, their social skills or lack thereof. They come with their whole being. Mm-hmm. And so w- one of the things that I think that we have to do is to maybe start from zero, but help them rebuild some of these social skills. How do we do that? The way we play games, uh, the way that we uh, use materials, but try to develop, you know, start off. You might have to start off small and it may have to you may have to end the game before it's supposed to end Mm. because it's getting out of hand. But we have to give these kids opportunities to start interacting with each other and with us as adults. And rather than correcting them all the time and you know, you see a you you see a conflict. Help them learn how to resolve that conflict, rather than just saying you can't act like that here. This is church. Instead, help them to identify the conflict, resolve the conflict in a biblical way, and that will go a long ways not only as their children but as they grow older. And I'd love to see more adults be able to resolve conflicts in a biblical <laughs> way. <laughs> Great, great tips. Great tips. So speaking of adults, right, lest we believe that only children are anxious, angry and antisocial, <laughs> there's us too. And yes. so we as we as leaders, um, we as our volunteer team, the parents who are bringing their kids back, we all of us as adults carry our own anxieties and our own underlying angle or anger and our own antisocial patterns, like you mentioned, with traffic and uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so as leaders, then we we need to have strategies in place that just we need to think ahead to how we might handle anxiety, anger and antisocial behavior in the children. 
but we kind of also need to make sure that we're taking good care of ourselves. Uh, you point this out in a, in a blog post, by the way, this particular conversation is based listeners on a blog post that Landry wrote and producer Trey, I'd love it if you'd please provide a link to this in the, in the show notes on kidsministry101.com on this episode. We'll have a link to this blog post called Three Reasons Kids Returning to Church Need Extra Care, where you can find all of these things that we're discussing in a handy little uh, text format that you can easily share with friends or, uh, or review yourself. And so Landry suggests that, that we need to look at ourselves and take, do some self-care so that we can really be ready. Landry, you share three tips for how we might take care of ourselves. Let's review those with the listeners. What do you recommend? First of all, we need to take care of ourselves mentally and physically. And the good thing is that as a society, we're starting to hear more of that, more awareness of not just physical care, but also mental care. And of course, us as believers, we approach it from the standpoint of the Bible teaches to take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, eat healthy foods, rest. The Bible says to rest. Uh, that we, we know that we can exercise and also nurture our minds. We need to be uh, nurturing our minds with reading, not, you know, reading devotionals, reading the Bible, but also reading other things, uh, exercising our minds with, with in different ways, but, but taking care of ourselves. And when we are rested mentally and physically, we're able to handle those issues and behavioral issues that children throw at us, as well as our own issues that we have. So that's the first. The second one is taking care of ourselves spiritually. You know, we, you would think with all this time that we had, that that all of us would have read our Bible through 10 times, mm. but that hasn't been the case. And I just, I think we, we have to remember to spend time in God's word, to spend time in prayer, because that prepares us to love kids, mm. to care for kids, as well as one another. Because the more we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more we will exhibit the fruit of the Spirit which is, according to Galatians 5, 22 through 23, what? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, love, joy peace, peace, patience, patience, yep. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and... Self-control. You started to sing it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> All of those things are answers to the angst mm. and the anger and the anxiety and the, and the antisocial behavior. So take care of ourselves spiritually and... Um, that includes corporate worship when we can. And even if we have to do it virtually, we, we as adults need to have, be strengthened spiritually with other believers. Then the third thing is to take care of yourself socially. So I don't know if you noticed, I mentioned the four things that I said that kids bring when they come to church, mm -hmm. mental, physical, spiritual, and social. Which, by the way, you know that comes from Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Nice. You know, that's how Jesus grew. That's how we grow. Yes. So take care of ourselves socially. Um, you know, we need to spend time with other adults in order to, to sharpen our social skills. You know, Proverbs 27.17 says, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens mm. another. Um, you know, it was... Like many of our listeners, you know, it's been over a year attending attending church online a lot. 
working from home, having our groceries and purchases delivered directly to our doorstep, consuming all forms of entertainment at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, my social skills really got rusty. Um, and I am also an introvert. And by the way, people think that have, <laughs> have joked about introverts have loved all this. No, we yes. don't. Yeah. We haven't <laughs> because we we may need alone time, but we need people time because God created us for relationship. For relationship. Absolutely. We need to be in community for sure. Yeah. None of these things, exactly. Landry, taking care of ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, none of those sounds like lying on the couch and scrolling through a social media feed for hours or binge watching my yeah. Netflix. There's <laughs> There are th- bad habits that we have developed. We ourselves as adults, as leaders have developed that we need to, you know, they say before you point the finger or when you point the finger at someone else, there's three fingers pointing back at you, right? We yeah. we absolutely need to make sure that we do some self-care before we find ourselves back in the pressures and throes of ministry uh, with kids and families as they return. Landry, this is fantastic information. Thank you so much for your thoughts, for your thoughtfulness in this whole thing. Listeners, I want to point you again to the blog post on this topic, Three Reasons Kids Returning to Church Need Extra Care on the Kids Ministry 101 blog. You can find it at kidsministry101.com or like Lifeway Kids in that social media feed so that as you are scrolling through your socials, you will see posts like this one from Landry and you can pause and take some time uh, to read and do some self-reflection as you prepare. Landry Holmes, thank you so much. Thank you, Chad. This has been great. I've enjoyed it. Let's have it, you back. Ha- Go ahead. This this helps me not be so antisocial. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Even <laughs> though we're, we're only seeing one another on Zoom, it's great to see you I and know. to talk with you. <laughs> and it's good to have conversations like this. Leaders for you, too. It's good for Landry and I you know, to step out of the normal busyness of our workdays to talk about strategy and to talk about uh, philosophy and to talk about how we can actually, actually minister more effectively. And so I hope that you have someone in your life that you can do that with um, as, as one part of the challenge to take care of yourself. Make sure that you are connecting with other people in and around your ministry. We're not meant to do ministry alone. It's something that we are intended to do as a team, and God has gifted us all differently. So our hope and our prayer for you would be that you have people around you who can encourage you when you're down and who can challenge you uh, to serve well. So thank you for listening, Landry. Thank you for being here. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. How can a Corvette teach kids about creation? What long-lost treasure did Josiah find in the Old Testament? Which empire was once bigger than Egypt and Babylon? Find the answers to questions like these and so many more on the brand new Explore the Bible on Location Kids Audio Podcast. Each fun-filled episode takes kids on a journey to help them better understand the Bible by visiting historical and modern-day locations and inspires them to explore their Bibles. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. The Explore the Bible on Location Kids audio podcast is brought to you by your friends at Lifeway Kids.